Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. This morning, I'm really privileged to be able to introduce to you our speaker for Veterans Day, Rob Foreman. Rob and Katarina have been a part of our church for some time now. They have four children, three of which are here today, Angelina, Isabella, and Uriah. Rob was born in Chicago in uh, Cabrini-Green. That may not mean much to some of you, but years ago I did a lot of work in Cabrini-Green with missions teams and trips, and every time you stepped on the sidewalk, you weren't sure that you weren't going to catch a bullet. It was a very, very rough place. He went to boot camp for the Army between his junior and senior year and then served two years active duty in the Army and then 18 years in the Marine Corps. He retired as a gunnery sergeant. He served in security forces. He was attached to a recon unit. Then he went into special operations training group and served in the Marine Scouts, part of the Raider platoons. Served as a scout swimmer and on many raiding teams. Rob did a total of seven and a half years of combat between Afghanistan and Iraq, as well as many other special operations around the world. Would you make him feel welcome as he comes this morning to talk to us about the meaning of what it is to be a veteran? Make him feel welcome today, Rob. Love you, buddy. Thank you very much. Um, <clears throat> Before I start, I know it's a little late for everybody. Um, Pastor Appreciation Month was last month, right? I look at it a little bit different. <clears throat> I'm that loyal, weird guy. Um, and <laughs> We had a great pastor. <laughs> We've all been through some stuff. And uh, <laughs> thank you, Pastor Steve. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to start with uh, <clears throat> a prayer that <clears throat> I'm going to start with a prayer that was written by a soldier in 2012. It um, meant a lot to a lot of us. <sighs> Please know I'm happy, right? <laughs> Now I lay me down to sleep. I hope my dreams and thoughts are deep. I pray that tonight I wake, I'm not awakened by bombs exploding and the ground shaking. I hope that I can get some peace, some peaceful rest, and wish that the next day will, will be blessed. I want to sleep through the night so that tomorrow I'm ready for another fight. I pray my dreams of my family as they make sacrifices to keep them brave and free. May you watch over them, keep them safe as they wait for me to come home. Dear Lord, please listen as I pray to you and probably defend the red, white, and blue. I will always serve you and my country and be the best person that I can be. May it be a peaceful night without a sound, with no shots or bullets, no, nothing flying around. As I lay and dream of back home again, I unfold my hands and say amen. You know, 
There was the greatest generation, right? Some of you know what that means, the greatest generation. That was a generation, at least one or two before me. And they served in the world wars. They had a hard time. They didn't have the equipment and the gear that we have today. You have the veterans from Korea and Grenada. You have the veterans from <clears throat> Vietnam and other conflicts that have happened since the inceptions of, of the United States. To us, as Afghani and East Timor and Iraq and other places like that. And it isn't just American veterans, but we're talking about American, American veterans today. But I have to say thank you to all of you that served before me, with me, and after me. All the families that served with us, my wife, my daughters, we th I thank all of you. So, when I started this, when Pastor Steve decided to say, hey, Rob, you want to go up there and speak? I'm like, <laughs> me, really? Okay, I mean, I can talk, I mean, I can really talk, but up here in front of everybody else, that might be a little bit different. I said, you know what, Pastor? There's this thing in the Bible that I've read and he showed it to me and it said, take me, I'm here, send me. So I couldn't say no. And my wife reminded me that I would not say no, so. If this doesn't go the best, you know who to blame. <clears throat> so, quickly, I want to read a verse or tell you a verse that has been with me for a while and get a little bit into why I joined the Marine Corps. So, Palms 89 47, you know, we got to remember our physical life here on earth, it's fleeting, it's not going to be forever. So, we as Christians, we need to live for the truth. We need to live for the truth that today, this very day could be our last. The last day of our life. We wanna live for the Lord because of the Lord. Now as a, as a veteran, and I'm not saying that veterans know better than anybody else because our Lord knows that we've all been in a lion's den. A lion's den is what you've been through. He gives you what you can handle, whether you know it or you don't know it. You come on the other end. But us veterans, sometimes we, we can see it. We see when God said, guess what? It's time for you to go. It's time for you to go. For some reason, it's time for you to stay. So, my, my Marine Corps career began kind of the same way a lot of your Christian real walks began. I was at a place I had nowhere to go. It was a place that I had no one I could trust, no one I could believe in, and nothing to do but change my life. Now, God has got jokes. If you don't know, you better learn. God is funny, and he's got some jokes. So some of you got to change your life by coming to church. I know a guy who told me that he was in the field. He said, hey, Jesus, hey, God, you got something for me? It's time to show what you got. Okay. So he starts speaking in tongues. And he said, oh, hey, guess what? I guess you're right. Well, me, God knows. I'm hard-headed and I'm slow. All right, so you guys know too. Anyways, he said, hey, Robin, you're gonna mess up here. You're gonna end in this court. And in this court, you have this guy, this judge, and he says, guess what? You have a, you have a decision to make today. You go to the United States Marine Corps or you go to DOC. DOC is Department of Corrections. Funny, I worked for the Bureau of Corrections. But now, 
But I chose the Marine Corps. He said, you know what's funny is two things change people's lives, the Marine Corps and God. I'm glad you guys think this is funny because I at 17 did not think this was funny. Well, I joined the Marine Corps, a lot of stuff happened and here I am. All right, thanks. No, okay. Um, no, for real. Um, I went to the Marine Corps. I told my dad, I was joining the Marine Corps. He said, you're never going to make it. You know what they do in the Marine Corps? Uh -uh. He said, that's where men are made. Huh, okay. Well, my dad to me was a man. He was a man. He was a little bit shorter than Pastor Isaiah, but about 60 pounds heavier. He was a Navy boxer. He taught me how to box at a young age and probably the toughest man I knew in my life. I remember I had an uncle, a great uncle, his uncle, who was part of the island hopping campaigns, and that was World War II, he was a Marine. Little guy, small little guy. I mean, he's the only man I ever knew my father to respect. So ironically, God being funny and me wanting to be a tough guy and learn how to be a man, the Marine Corps came at me through this judge. So here we go, go to boot camp, I'm a Hollywood Marine, right, went to San Diego, and everybody thinks that's great, you're in California. Coming from Chicago to California is not what you think, because you're in boot camp. And they, they're very slick. The Marine Corps got jokes. What ends up happening in the Marine Corps in San Diego is they put you literally from me to our good friends in the front aisle here from a fence. And on the side of the fence, the airplanes. And those airplanes fly at all times of the night and day. And when you're tired and you're sweating, you got the sand on you and you got somebody over you, let me tell you something, boy. You're thinking as an airplane flies out, but that could be me. What am I doing here right now? Lord, help me. Well, to tell the truth, when I went to boot camp, I knew how to cheat the system a little bit. And uh, I've been baptized like more than once, maybe seven times. And um, I went to boot camp and I said I was Seventh-day Adventist. I don't know if you know what that is. I didn't know what that is, and I still really don't know what it is. But what I do know is they got to celebrate Jesus on Saturday. If you're a vet, and if you're a jarhead, you know that Sundays, they leave you alone. That's the day of your holy day. You get left alone. <laughs> the smart guy here realized that Saturday, I got left alone too. I'm Seventh-day Adventist, here I am. So I got left alone on Saturday, and left alone on Sunday. Boy, it was beautiful. Until Monday came, we had this one drill instructor, Staff Sergeant Promonis, and he decided when he came in, he had even watched it. I was the guide. Long story short, I was mean and got to be in front of everybody else. And he'd wake me up, hey, guide, come with me now. And I'd be like, sir, it's Saturday. It's my holy day. Shut your mouth now. <laughs> so we're going to the duty hut. I walk in behind him. He's like, Face me now. There is a mirror. Look at the mirror. Tell it you're stupid. But so I'm looking at the mirror. You're stupid. No, you're stupid. No, you're stupid. And I'm thinking in my head the whole time. Why could be on that airplane? On top of it, this is what I'm learning in, in Marine Corps: how to tell myself I'm stupid. I know this already. I'm here. Well, fast forward a little bit. I could work out a little bit. Could run a little bit faster than everybody else. And in my head, I knew that I was there for a reason. I had to be better than what I was when I got there. And for some weird thing in my head, and this is a childish thing, I know, but we talk about it in this church, and there's another thing that Pastor Steve lights that fire in me, you know. There's this thing about some, some dude with a sword in his mouth, 
coming from the sky on this horse, right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Right? And he comes down, and again, I'm not a pastor, I can say dude, right? He comes down, and we all get to see him, and he, he's fighting people, right? And he's got people with him, a whole legions of people. Well, I was like, you know what? The toughest dude on earth is Marines. Guess what I get to do? I get to be there fighting with that dude. We'll, we'll try that. That's why I'm here. So every day I fought harder. I'm not going to lie, I forgot that along the way too. So I got to go and do special, special missions at times and got attached to different groups and got to see a lot of things. Got to see the world. Got to meet a lot of people. Some interesting stories. We'll save, share some of those later. But um, you got to see families, families that care. Those families are you guys. I got to serve, and I didn't understand what the meaning servant went, what the meaning of servant meant. But I was a servant for my country, not realizing that I was learning how to serve my God. You guys, men and women, children, you guys serve just as much as we did in the military. In some ways, even harder. You served us when we were overseas. You served when we came back. Some of you have pulled me in and served me here. And I thank you for allowing me to serve you. I had this uh, guy, Major Lingwa. We were in Iraq. It's attached to a, uh, I, it's called IMF, First Marine Expeditionary Force. And we were the forward reconnaissance party. So we went out before units, we reconned some areas, we saw things, did some things from there. And Major Lingua, great guy, he was not what I thought a Marine was. Now, I understand I was a sergeant, and a sergeant E5 was 19-ish years old, and you couldn't tell me a thing. If you were Pastor Isaiah and Pastor Steve walking past and they wanted to fight, boy, they had a fight in their hands, you know what I mean? And again, I've never been 6'12". 510 if you ask me so they wanted some they got some it didn't matter so I'm overseas I'm thinking who wants some now we had guns I got guns they got bullets I got bullets but I also got Marines what you gonna do right so we're in Iraq and we're in these cool little vehicles with no armament and he says for me get in here what's up boss and he says this is what I'm listening to and it was Elvis Presley I'm like sir I don't even know what that what he's saying who is this guy and his thing was, before we did any mission, he had to hear his Elvis Presley. Okay, why are you bugging me right now, sir? Pulls everybody in and he would say a verse. After this, I gotta give it a little, I gotta make sure I say it right. So, he got it from General Mattis. And I don't know if you know who Mad Dog Mattis was, know who he is, he's a warlord. And his concept was, he only said part of the verse, and it said, I send you out as sheep. If you know what that means, I didn't. But he said, kinder, gentler. He said, no, worse, no better friend, no worse enemy. I send you out as sheep. So we had to be nice and kind to these Iraqis. We had to be there for them when they asked. We had to serve them. Same time, be prepared to kill them. When they shot at us, we had to return. When they throw bombs or grenades or, or IED type devices at us, we had to wait and see if they're gonna run away or 
or if we could return fire. And that was hard. It was real hard, especially when you see your fellow Marines, sometimes soldiers, sometimes chaplain, hurt. I never understood why. I never understood why I had to, to allow this man hurt one of us just let them go free. My wife and I went to a church in Missouri. I love that church. It was, it was where we got baptized. Me again, her the first time. And it opened our eyes and that concept of planting a seed began. The difference of understanding, of hearing God. And I, when I say, I hear God different than you guys. Some hear him in Spanish maybe, you know? Well. My first language is Ebonics, right? So God speaks, you feel me? God speaks a little bit different to me. But when he does speak to me, I didn't know how to listen. I would turn left because I wanted to go left, and God said, hey, dum-dum, you're supposed to go right. You gotta learn, bang, ouch, I'm bleeding, what happened? You went left, you're supposed to go right. Okay, I'll go right next time. When I came to this church, I was looking for that same concept from Missouri. And did I find more? Through talking to a lot of you, I found out that he is greater than me. He, he greater is in me that is in the world. I didn't know what that meant. I've heard it before. I've read the Bible once or 10 times. I had a lot of time on my hands when I was overseas. But what did that mean? He who is in me is greater than he is in the world. What that means to me is that I'm here today because he was in me. Those bombs, those bullets, those knives, they hurt. But guess who's still standing here right now? He prepped me for my service, for my service to come today. I'm here today because it's part of his plan. That is what. The rest of that verse, look, I'm sending you out of shape among wolves. So be shrewd as a snake and harmless as a dove. How are you sending me out as a sheep with wolves? Don't you know wolves eat sheep? Hold on a second, I'm a Marine, I'm 19. Yeah, I am the wolf. No, you ain't. Mm -mm. What you can be is a dove. Be prepared. General Mass used to say, always be prepared. No kinder friend, no worst enemy. All right, how about this? No kinder friend, no better server. I wanna serve. We serve overseas whether we realized we were serving or not, whether it was World War I, World War II, Vietnam, Grenada, Korea, Iraq, Afghanistan, East Timor, Kosovo. We served. We served you, but we served each other. Some of you old school, you've heard the phrase, there's no, there's no atheists in foxholes. Well, we don't have foxholes anymore. We got MRAPs. All right, we got, we got different things, Humvees. But I can tell you, when you're pinned down on the roof in Iraq, 
Ramadi, and you're looking to your left and someone's hurt and bleeding, you're like, how did that happen? You're looking to the right and he's bleeding. Where's going on? Where's my corpsman? And he's not there breathing. Everybody starts praying. Everybody has a prayer to say. It don't matter what language. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're my interpreter who speaks Arabic and Farsis and everything else in between. Guess what he's speaking? Speaking to Jesus. My wife, she's a pretty smart lady. She picked me. Thank you. Now I can smile a little bit more. Um, she says that God didn't make, long story short, I'm going to paraphrase, God made one race, the human race. We're all nations, right? As a church and as God's people. When you get shot overseas, it didn't matter what color you were, what race you were, what language you spoke, you bled. And guess what? You bled red. And when you're trying to push it back into somebody, when you're trying to push what came out back into them, keep them alive, you're laying hands. And this is where my failure was, not knowing who Jesus was. But what this church, what you all have taught me, wasn't my time. I wasn't ready. But it's okay. Jesus came on earth and he left, but he left. He left something here for us. He left the spirit. I didn't know. I knew what Trinity was. I knew there was a God and a Jesus and this thing called spirit. Well, I don't know what a spirit is. I don't believe in ghosts. We'll leave that to the side. I'll say I believe in that. And yay, high five. Can I get baptized? Go underwater. Here I am. What's next? That's not true. I learned that recently. That's not true. What's true is the spirit's here. Whether we're worshiping and we're singing, my man, you guys are amazing. Or we're on our knees on Monday praying, praying for our Savior. I realize now this church has let me believe and understand, and I truly in my heart understand that, guess what? I served before to serve today. I learned things that will help me in the future, but not me. It will help me help you. Every one of you in this room has served. Every one of you in this room have done something, has been in your lives, then has been in the fire. Every one of you has that in you, and you learn something from it. It's your turn to serve, too. On this Veterans Almost Day, <laughs> Veterans Sunday, and throw it in real quick, my Marine, Marine Corps birthday, hurrah. Hurrah. All right, hurrah. Uh, we're, we served for you. And I thank you for serving for us. I want to hit you with a couple of verses that kept me going through my, through my Marine Corps career. And it's ironic. God works in mysterious ways. That's so cliche. But I'm telling you, he really does. I mean, he really does. And it works like this. And my one verse that I knew for like 12 years, and the only verse I knew for like 12 years was, I can do anything, anything through him who... Huh? I can't hear you. Gives me strength, right? And you know, I learned my weakness makes his strength perfect, does it not? 
I mean, when we are weak, I'm crying like a big baby. And you can ask Katerina and Angelina, I don't cry. This is new. I mean, is it new? It is new. I don't cry. But my weakness right now is giving him strength. It's for his glory. Not for mine. So... Last couple things I'm going to go through. I'll hit you with one more story and a couple verses. And I appreciate you guys in your seats listening because it's Sunday. Yay. So when you're going down the, down the road and your vehicle's here today, they're nice. Some of them ride really nice. They're real pretty and they ride real smooth. You have real nice suspension on them, right? Hit a bump, you're like, what was that? Driving down these beautiful roads, there might be a little bit of trash on the side, and you're like, somebody should clean that up. Well, when you ride with me sometimes, my wife's like, babe, where are you going? I'm like, I'm driving, where are you going? She's like, get in your lane. <laughs> okay. Because I see something in the road, and in the road I see something on the side of the road, whether it be in the median or the far right, and some of you know where I'm going with this. You're driving down the street and we're, <laughs> Ramadi, and they were notorious for putting IEDs out. They put them in a the road, and you're thinking, how do these little dudes put these little things in a road? Now, they're not little. A 155 round is what it's called. It's an artillery round. I don't know the weight. I lie if I try to tell you, but I'll tell you that it's about four feet long, and it's really heavy to carry, and it's full of explosives, and they use them to shoot miles and miles to blow the, a building up or blow a lot of people up. Well, they decided they got slick and they got smart, I guess you'd say, and they would take tires and they'd melt the concrete, the blacktop. They'd melt it and they'd stick it in the ground and they'd pave back over it. And you'd watch them paving the road. Oh, look, we gave them money. They're fixing the road. That's so nice of them. Until at 1 a.m. or 4 p.m. when it was fixed, you're driving over it and then there's a big boom. If you're lucky, that boom is in a vehicle ahead or behind you. When I say lucky, that means that you're not gonna get the immediate blast, but you'll get some, some blast because you're always gonna catch blast. Your ears are ringing, maybe bleeding, your tooth knocked out because your face hit something because you didn't have a cavalier on like you're supposed to have. Your hand is broken because it got smashed on the, on the wall or the door. And these doors, I'm talking about strong doors. So you're trying to push it open and pry it open because those guys up front, they need you. And there it is again. Oh, God. Is that a prayer? I was told by some guy in the back over here, all you got to say is his name. Jesus. He knows what you want to say. He hears what you need. I didn't know then that he was prepping me to be his. That he's willing to leave the 99. Well, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for not quitting on me. What's that song say? Love comes first. Man, did he come first. At 17, when I got in trouble doing dumb, dumb stuff, I didn't know that he really said, I got you. I might have read the Bible and he chose a whole bunch of dudes, maybe 12 dudes, right? That no one wanted. They were fishing. And he said, hey, don't worry about that. Come with me. And they're like, okay, do to do. Well, he knew me. I'd be like, who are you? Go with you where? 
Man, you look funny. Uh-uh. Nope, not doing that. Matter of fact, I'm going to go this way. But guess what he did? He let me learn that I am nothing. That I am flesh and bones that he made. Like Miss Ann said, he gave us, us our money first. We gave me all of this first. He let it get hurt a little bit. He said, all right, come on back. I got you. What this church has done for me, I can tell you today, on November 7th, as Pastor Isaiah said, that hitchhiker was on my back for years. Cat, I'm sorry for years in our marriage. But he's gone. It's okay. I'm forgiven. And I'm not just forgiven. Man, I'm blessed. I get to wake up in this beautiful country. I get to be in this beautiful city. I get to see all you beautiful faces. Even your Sydney. I get to hug beautiful people. I get to go out to eat at a place, at any place I want. Look, our country has got its problems. We know that. Lord, we know that. But I've been in more countries than I've been in states. And I've lived in the countries. I didn't just fly by and look, oh, there's, there's Djibouti and there's, no. I put ground, I ate food, went to the bathroom. I lived in those places. And I can tell you that there's no better country than this one. Our beautiful women. Our beautiful women can let their hair out. They can shake it in front of people. They can talk to another man, look them in the eyes. They can be a president of a board. They can be a doctor, a world-renowned doctor. Because why? God made her, not man. They can be free. And I want you to know right now that when we were forward on the front lines, not knowing what's going on, you were serving us. You come back to a package and you'd be like, dear soldier. Well, my first, like, I'm not a soldier, I'm a Marine. Kicked it, somebody else. Then I realized I didn't have any soap. Didn't have no allergy medicine. Let me open that package real quick. And initially, there'd be some letter. I'm like, don't need that. And start going through what I needed. But when you're laying injured, and they told you you can't go nowhere, you're going to go home, foreman, we're going to get you on the next plane. Yeah, you are. Okay, good luck if you catch me. You got a hole in your leg. Okay, we'll see what happens. And I'm laying there thinking of how am I going to get back to my guys. Start reading some of those notes from these churches and these people saying thank you. Pin pals, what do you need? Here's my email address. What do you need? Now, I want to say something to you veterans. Just because you're here and your friend is not does not mean that you failed. It means that he's got something for you. You have to listen. You have to stop being so prideful. You have to realize it's not you. It's him. When I say it's him, it's the great him. It's the great I am. It's the savior. It's the... It's the whatever word you want to call him. That's who it is, and he's got a plan for you. It's your choice.
hear them or not. And I don't always hear words. Hey, Rob. Nah. Sometimes the tap on the shoulder. Who is that? Sometimes it's a breeze. Sometimes it's a thought. Hey, go do this. Go to the All Nations Church that Sydney's been asking for four months to go to. All right, we'll try it. Stand up, Rob, and go up front and see all the people dancing and feel it. I don't want to do that. Okay. Get yelled at at work. Next week you come up because he said so and get a promotion. Okay. Anything else? I'll listen. So vets, take a breath. We're here. I'm going to throw this out for all nations. Sir. We're here. We're right here. All nations. I don't know the address. Look it up online. We'll hug you. We'll talk to you. Got some old school vets. You know, and you got some ugly ones. But guess what? We love you. It's not you. It's not you. We're here for you. Hit you with two more verses and I'll let you hear someone who can really talk. This one, as towards the end of my career, I start realizing that God is real. When I would ask, why, why am I here? It was kind of easy to be here with other people. Let's go, Bar Garcia. Had a baby. His wife had the baby, but my wife knows we're both pregnant. Um, never got to see that baby. I was born when he was in country. When myself and Sergeant Major Booker, one of the one of the best men I've met in my life, when he grabbed me and said, "Let's go over and." See Lance Corporal Garcia. Some of you might or might not know, but how they, how they, the best thing they can do for us when you get killed in overseas is they, they put you in a refrigerated cart. So you see, going down the highway, the meat trucks going down the highway, right? That's what they put us in. It's the best way to keep us refrigerated, keep us for when we come back to their families, the ones that love us. They can do something and give the honor of a, of a burial. So what they do is they guard those trucks. And it's funny, because they're on a base, and they're guarded by three or four soldiers. And I'm looking at, well, at least we're guarded. We're protected, right? And this little corporal in the army, and I got a Sergeant Major Booker with me now, come on. He's walking up with me, and he's like, Corporal, you need to open this. He's like, negative, not going to happen. Sergeant Major looks at me, and I say, hey, hey Corporal, you, you're going to open that. He's like, it's not gonna happen. I said, look, you got two options right now. Continue breathing or open that door. No, my wife can tell you who I was. When you got that warning, that was it. There was no more. You got your warning. He understood that and he opened the door. And then they're related with Lance Copa Garcia. We took, a, we took off out of his pocket, he had a picture of an ultrasound of his, of his child and a note wrote on the back from his wife. Can't wait to see you, daddy, when you get home. I'll be here then. I pray to this day that he was saved because he saved others to lose his life. So when I pray that I know that God is merciful, he had mercy on Lance Corporal Garcia. If anyone wants to follow me, 
he must deny himself. Pick up his cross and follow me continuously because whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and for the gospel will save it. You guys, you do the prayer walk. You're willing to give your life for God, for his gospel. Pastor Steve, you've been other places for God, not for you. You've given yourself, put yourself in that position. You served your veterans as well. And I thank you. I thank you. I'm going to say one prayer. Is that okay, Pastor Steve? Oh, grateful Father, oh, merciful Jesus, I ask you in this day, this day today, to bless us all, to give us your love, and please, Father, give us your mercy. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to bless our veterans, to keep them strong, keep them healthy, and allow them to hear you. Give us all discernment to know when you're calling to open that door. Father, keep us safe and let your will be done no matter what happens. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.